Yo, Ethan here. Welcome to another episode of Tech is a Lifestyle, the podcast. And today we're talking about whether or not YouTube Shorts can take over Tech Talk and just a general breakdown of their competitive relationship. And enjoy. Okay, so it is super clear that YouTube is fighting aggressively for this market. But I think more than anything, this has been a super interesting space to look at because short form content has been dominating both the creator economy and the viewer experience. I think in order also to break this down properly, we need to have a five point narrative. Starting off with chapter one, TikTok. Here we'll take a look at what TikTok was, what it is now, and what it most likely will be in the future. So TikTok is owned by ByteDance, the Chinese company that purchased the shambling corpse of Musical.ly. TikTok skyrocketed way past anybody's expectations during the pandemic. Its virality was not only unprecedented, but also kind of scary because it was taking away from every single person along the content chain. It was taking away from YouTube and Instagram and companies like this that were known for their content. It was also taking away from creators on these platforms because they were now losing out on watch time because more and more people were spending time on TikTok. The creator economy was also put in a bit of a predicament. Is this a wine repeat where there's a ton of hype and suddenly it's dead and no longer relevant? We will definitely cover the countermeasures to this explosive growth soon enough, but TikTok now is scrambling to reward its creators and it's taken a step in the right direction, although admittedly it's remarkably small in comparison to what YouTube is doing. But it's a step and we should applaud it. The reason why rewards is so critical on a platform that is built around its creators is that fulfillment is a big part of continuous success, right? That's what YouTube has been doing. It has nailed it to the T. The creator economy runs on a scheme of ROI, especially with TikTokers now reaching that like 100 million follower mark with the likes of Charlie D'Amelio and now Kaby Lame. TikTok now more than ever needs to pay pay their creators. Okay, moving on to what direction does TikTok seem to be taking? Well, we will definitely see more growth. We will see more creators entering the space. See, I don't think that TikTok or short form content in general is going anywhere anytime soon. The internet is getting dumber by the day and stats show that the amount of time that people are spending on TikTok and other platforms is rapidly increasing. And the reason for this is that short form content is built upon a narrative of high engagement. And we've seen that engagement dominates intellectual benefit. And now that we've explored TikTok this well, let's move on to chapter two, YouTube. YouTube retaliated hard when it saw that TikTok was exploding. We must understand that YouTube's position right now as a content platform is such that any venture they take, they most likely will become dominant. Look at a platform like YouTube Gaming, uh, Tim the Tatman, Dr. Lupo, Courage JD, Valkyrie, Laserbeam, etc. are all these massive creators that are now exclusively signed with YouTube. And short form content in that respect is no different. Remember how awful the first iterations of YouTube Shorts was? How wonky and clunky the algorithm was? How weird the UI felt? Well, look at it now and everything is much more refined and rewarding for its creators. But then why are so many TikTok creators jumping ship and going to YouTube? 
Well, for one, security. There are far less chances of YouTube just not existing as a platform anymore as compared to TikTok. One of the best evidences of this is the bans that were placed on it. So it isn't really crazy to think at the end of the day that TikTok is in a compromised position. Creators don't want to go to bed one day with a solid stream of income and to wake up the next day to see that source gone. Second, money. YouTube doesn't pay for shorts any differently. But once you become a shorts creator, the benefits and the incentive to create long-form content on YouTube becomes much more apparent. Higher pay, higher algorithm exposure, and so many other things. I'd highly suggest you guys go watch Colin Samir's interview with Dylan LeMay, the ice cream man of the internet. He himself says that they feel compelled to create long-form videos for that greater income that YouTube gives with standard eight to 10 minute videos. Without shorts making money, you just get paid based on your long form video, which is out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, so for a while I've taken like breaks from doing them just because I don't know exactly what I'm doing or how I want to do it. This benefits YouTube too, as it now has a whole host of new creators and new content to promote. Third exposure, hold on. I know that some of the biggest internet personalities now grew from TikTok. By exposure, I mean particularly for sponsors. Yes, TikTokers get sponsors too, but there are so many companies and brands out there that will exclusively sponsor YouTube creators only. There is one extra benefit that YouTube gets with short-form content that is often overlooked, and that is compilations. There are hundreds of channels that make compilations of shorts that they find online, and these compilation videos get tons of views. And that means more ads on those videos and more revenue for YouTube as well. So in conclusion to this chapter, there is a lot going on for YouTube right now, which allows them to stay competitive in the space. Speaking of competitive, let's move on to chapter three, the competition. Specifically, I'm talking about Instagram. Instagram's reels is in a very, very weird spot right now. If you take a look at Instagram's general UI, right? Its home feed gives you content purely from people you follow. Now, if you contrast that with platforms like TikTok and YouTube, they constantly feed you content from new creators. You get exposure to new creators and those creators now have the opportunity to grow. So the bottom line is scope to grow on a platform like Instagram is only through mainly IGTV and Instagram Reels. But let's only boil it down to Instagram Reels for the sake of this episode. The Instagram Reels algorithm is one of the very highly, highly limited points for growth of a creator on Instagram. Actually, Instagram is one of the hardest platforms to grow on. It isn't meant for breakout stars. Some of the most popular people on Instagram are those who have found their audience elsewhere on the internet, and there has just been a carryover of that audience onto Instagram. Bellaport, Charlie D'Amelio, and Alison Ray from TikTok, Ed Sheeran, Shawn Mendes, Camila Cabello, and Dua Lipa from essentially the music world, and of course YouTubers like Ryan Trahan, Mr. Beast, Logan Paul, etc. Instagram Reels is one of those overflow platforms where content from TikTok and YouTube Shorts flow over onto the Instagram as essentially reposts or reach posts. But what is Instagram's impact on the rivalry between Shorts and TikTok. Now, this may seem cynical and kind of weird, but really all Reels does is 
is its immense the superiority of the other two. It's like if you have a black background, the white text is more visible. If you have a gray background, the white text is less visible. Instagram Reels is the black background. Okay, so the Reels algorithm generally promotes the same trend like a thousand times because of the lack of content. Now, this leads to extreme repetition and generally a poor user experience because the user and the viewer is not really seeing anything new per se. And this constant shift or flow of new content is what short form content is built upon. That's the foundation, that's the fundamental. And as long as Instagram Reels cannot do that, they're continuously going to fail. Similarly, Snapchat Spotlight. Spotlight is so excruciatingly late to the party and also so excruciatingly bad that it makes TikTok and YouTube Shorts so much more better because users go to Spotlight and they see how bad the algorithm is, the lack of content, everything. And then they go back to YouTube Shorts and TikTok and say, okay, this is a better platform, I'll stay here. Let's roll it back for a second and talk about chapter four, the victor in the battle. Now, let's establish the clear advantage that YouTube has over tech. It's political neutrality. We've seen TikTok get banned in countries like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Japan, India, I already said India, I meant Indonesia, among others. Let's understand one thing. These bans may not seem substantial, but here's a stat to prove that it actually is. At the time of the ban, India was the country with the most TikTok downloads at a staggering 118 million. For some perspective, the second closest was at less than half that at the time and Brazil with 58 million. It's pretty obvious at this point that TikTok suffered a pretty massive blow with that. If both have figured out the bans, who is actually winning here? Well, no one really. Then what's the point of this video and what's the point of having two platforms? This market honestly seems to be split indefinitely. Now these two platforms have essentially what I would call a self-sustaining content ecosystem. The presence of one platform and the creation of content for that platform fuels the growth and the content on the other platform as well because of the nature of the overflow. Now, if say YouTube Shorts didn't exist, I'm not saying that TikTok wouldn't have enough content. What I mean by that is that as long as one exists, the other won't run out of business. This is one of the few areas where we've seen such a remarkable coexistence between platforms, which far surpasses the competition between these platforms. Now with that out of the way, let's conclude with chapter five. What does this mean for creators? We all know for a fact that short form content is here to stay and that the creator economy slowly will reward it more and more. This doesn't mean that the traditional standard videos will take a back seat. The fact that these platforms complement each other so much is actually a really good thing for creators because it opens up opportunities to grow on two really, really successful platforms. Actually, YouTube is more two platforms within itself, the long side and the short side and TikTok. And this is really good because if, for example, if one platform is unable to pay its creators because of something like advertiser conflict, for example, which happened with YouTube a few years ago, the other platform and the other stream of income is still alive. Another benefit to these platforms being as successful as they are, apart from backup income, is just generally more income, right? Because look at it this way. If I were to create content for YouTube shorts anyway, and all I really have to do is post to TikTok, which is free to post, and I earn money from both platforms. Now the money that I earn from TikTok actually has a greater value to me because the production cost for that video 
comes down to zero because I would have produced it anyway for shorts. That's really cool because the scale begins to tip more and more in the creator's favor. There is a darker side to this relatively new market. That is again, the generally low earning. These platforms don't pay a lot for their content. And by that, I mean it quite literally, it's pennies. Here's a stat to back it up. Colin and Sumi recently published their YouTube analytics earnings on a short that earned like 10 million views and 70,000 hours of watch time. Guess how much they made on that video? $1,000, $200, $100 at least, $8.57, not $800, $8.57. And TikTok is no different. It pays identically. So the conclusion we can draw from this is that long form content is definitely still here to stay. It is a much better value proposition. It pays more and YouTube is still dominating that space. Here's another interesting thought. Generally, I see YouTube shorts as a golden opportunity to grow your channel on YouTube because it drives so much traffic to your channel. Because the current situation of YouTube shorts is such that there is an incredibly high demand, but there's a relatively less supply of shorts videos to go along with it. Such a situation is actually primo for creators to jump on and provide content because the algorithm will serve up whatever video it gets to meet that demand. And at that point, you will have incredible traffic heading your way. We've seen creators like Milad Merck, Dylan LeMay, Dental Digest, etc. actually just blow up from purely shorts. And then they've moved on to making long form content and have succeeded quite well there too. And the reason for that is that they have a pre-established audience and they have all this traffic coming to their channel regularly from the shorts that they post. So in a way, YouTube's implementation of short form content is actually twice as beneficial for both YouTube itself and the creators that are on the platform. Also, shorts take way less time to make and it allows a creator to jump on a trending topic much, much quicker. For example, I can make a short in an hour right after an Apple event and grab all the traffic that comes in that hour because the traffic for an Apple event will be much higher the hour after, after it is concluded than six hours later when I'm done with my full length eight to 10 minute video, which means more views, more people coming to my channel and potentially more subscribers. Now, people really like to hate and diss on shorts because it doesn't pay as handsomely as the rest of YouTube content does. But I honestly, that opinion I feel stems from a lack of understanding of what the competition is doing and what is generally feasible for YouTube as a business. So let's quickly break that down. First, shorts are very short. There just isn't as high of a per view value for YouTube because that video doesn't hold a viewer for as long as a regular video would. YouTube cannot afford to pay a large sum of money for a comparatively low per video engagement duration. Mind you, I'm not talking about engagement percentage. Second, most shorts are now loops, meaning that the videos are made such that they perfectly and seamlessly repeat over and over again without a noticeable cut, which means that engagement for those videos often crosses 100% if it's a really good short. And if YouTube were to pay the way they generally do for regular videos, 
they have to pay such a high CPM that it would run them at a loss. And that's the core of why there is generally lesser pay for short form content. Hopefully that cleared the air a little bit. And yeah, that's it. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Texas Lifestyle Podcast. This was our very first video episode. Follow the podcast. And as always, stay cool and I'll see you next time.